Days like today are interesting days, aren't they? You have uh, the snow that we had over the weekend, right? How many of you enjoyed the snow and how many, yes? How many of you did not enjoy the snow? Well, you should move. If you don't like snow, you're in the wrong part of the country. That's, that's what they told us. Um, today, kind of an interesting day for me because uh, what we're trying to do today is not only look back of the year of 2011 and talk about it as a church and some things that were accomplished, but also to look ahead to 2012 and beyond. And, and that's always an interesting thing for me uh, to think about and, and something to do. Um, it was a little over five years ago that uh, my family and I accepted the call to uh, the invitation from this church to come up here and begin serving uh, with this church here in the Pennington area. And it's been five pretty amazing years. It hasn't all been good. I mean, let's just be real honest. Uh, it's been great, but it hasn't all been good. You know what I mean? Um, there's been good times, there's been tough times, there's been joys, there's been sorrows, there's been things that we would never change and things we would love to change, and yet, all in all, it's been an amazing experience for us to be able to be a part of what God's doing here in this local community. Um, there have been, uh, through those, that, that time, there's been some rough times uh, for individuals, some rough times for families, some, some rough times for the church even at times, for us to to go forward and to move and to grow and to do things different. Um, I remember whenever we came up here and we were uh, just kind of looking around and we tried to sneak in, Michelle and I tried to sneak in the back door one Sunday morning and just kind of observe everything that was going on. There was about 10 or 12 people who knew who we were, you know, that type of thing. And we were just amazed at how, how friendly people were. And that's not what you think of when you're coming from the Midwest to the Northeast, right? And yet, what we found was a group of people who loved the Lord and wanted to be challenged, wanted to have, uh, have their faith challenged, wanted to grow, wanted to serve, wanted to do things in such a way that would glorify and, and honor God. And, and we were privileged to come and join and be a part of that. As a staff and as a leadership team and, and some ministry leaders, that first year we got together uh, and we went to uh, Princeton Theological Seminary. We went down in this basement hole corner that they placed us in, and we spent a couple of days reading the scripture and, and praying and talking and sharing and just uh, going through all those things. And uh, from that uh, time that we spent together, we came up with a mission statement that just simply says, we desire to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. And we want to do that as we go and as we love and as we teach. And the reason we came up with that was not because it just looks good on a napkin or, you know, you can put it on a, on a screen behind us or a postcard to hand out, and, you know, to get people to memorize, which we hope you do, and hopefully that becomes a part of, of your thinking. But it, it's more than that. It, we did that because uh, as we were sharing and going through that time, someone at some point, probably more than once, read the scripture in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, which reads, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is talking, and he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. And that charge that Jesus gave to his disciples is the same charge that we have still today. That we are to, to go and, and to do those things. And we want to go to those who are far from the Lord. We want to love people with the love of Christ. And we want to teach them the truth of the scriptures. That's what we're all about. So that in doing so, hopefully, people will discover and experience his life-changing love. 
That's what, as a church, we want to be about. Now, there are lots of things that we do to try to help that. And, and we could spend a lot of time, a lot more time than you want me to this morning, talking about how those things over the past five years, the past 15 years, how those things have been done. And even in the last year alone. But I would be remiss if I didn't spend a few moments just talking about some of those things from last year. And so buckle up. Here we go. Ready? Um, we had some exciting things happen. For instance, Jacob was here as our intern last year, and he's still here. That should tell you something. So, um, And it was encouraging to me two years ago, this Sunday, or this type of Sunday, on our mission Sunday, that was Jacob's first Sunday here, and he came back because he saw a church that loved people, loved each other, that was friendly, and had a plan was willing to, to do something and was going to be outward focused and, and make it more than just about themselves. Um, we, we had a, our missions, our outreach ministry facilitated uh, three international mission trips. Jen Heiser led two of those trips to Haiti. Ian Graham led a trip to Mexico. Uh, in Haiti, they worked with Ed Lockett in the ministry that he's doing there. In Mexico, uh, they worked with Tim, Tim and Michelle O'Brien and the other minist- ministries and, and missionaries in that area. Uh, here at, at the church, we have small groups that continue to be a vital part of what we do here at the church where people can join together and share their sorrows and share their joys and, and encourage one another and, and lift each other up and kick each other in the tail and hold them accountable when necessary to serve together, to grow together and, and do life together. We have people that continue to use their musical gifts and their technical gifts every Sunday morning in order to help us all corporately worship together. Our adult Christian education ministry, they continue to offer quality uh, Bible school and Sunday school, adult classes, whatever you want to call them there, and a few people have taken advantage of those opportunities to grow in their biblical knowledge, in their practical knowledge of scriptures, and and to apply those things to their life. We've seen our PYC, our youth, uh, grow. We've seen uh, some of those kids graduate and go on to college and and to be light there where they are on their college campuses. We see the ministry continue to prepare our, our young people, our students, to not only grow in their faith on a daily basis, but to live that faith. And they're also really working on preparing these these young people, these students, to serve. And uh, they participate by growing together and serving at at home front and taking trips together, like winter camp this coming weekend and and CIY and and youth group on Sunday nights. And it's, it's important stuff that they do. We have the children's ministry, which every year continues to amaze me how Everyone, almost, sitting out here comes and gives of their time for that week, which will be June, beginning June 25th, if you want to put on your calendar, for kids camp. It's an amazing event, and it's because of your service and your volunteerism that makes that event amazing, year after year after year. Uh, the, the children did the Christmas program. We all oohed and awed and clapped and video cameraed and, and Kodak or whatever really loved us for that Sunday morning. Um, and, and who will forget, at least I won't, the, the kids serving on Mother's Day. I don't know if you remember that, passing the communion trays, passing out the flowers, just an amazing way to, to have our children be involved in service. There were some practical issues this past year that, that were able to be addressed by the Buildings and Grounds team, along with volunteers and professional services, uh, installing a new HVAC unit, replacing the baptistry, painting some of the classrooms, installing carpet, installing some additional lighting out front to make the, the building more visible, for people, uh, just uh, neat stuff like that. There's, there's a, a couple of, of other exciting things that have happened this, this past year, include how 
Not only people from the church, not only you, but also people from the community all rallied together for the clothing drive that we had and held it out here in the parking lot to benefit Homefront, and lots and lots of, of stuff was, was donated that way. The employment support group, which began this past year and yesterday had a, had a big seminar and you know, took over the building and had people in as speakers, and it was a huge success on all accounts. And it's because of the, the volunteers and people who, who saw that that was important, and they made it their mission to do that, and they did a great job with it. We've got our, our pajama night where we clear out all the chairs, and the kids bring in their sleeping bags, and they watch a movie in here. We had the, the movie night outside, and I don't know, just one of the, probably the most amazing thing that we saw this past year was Diana Herbert riding backwards on the projector during talent night. I don't know, if you missed that, she'll give free private, you know, lessons on how to do that. Just fun stuff that, that we could have uh, and do together. Uh, back in September, we partnered with Orchard Group on their uh, Love, uh, Love Prevails campaign, and they set a goal uh, to reach uh, $911,000, and through our contributions and other churches' contributions from across the country, that goal was reached and exceeded, and uh, that money is already being spent to help train people to start churches and to plant churches all throughout the Northeast, and it's just exciting stuff. There are other things that happen just because we're a part of a community, a part of a family, you know, that, that just naturally happen. We've had uh, experienced some times of loss. We've had families that have moved away and, you know, that job thing or, you know, relocation, and, and we've lost them that way. We've had the experience of, of people losing loved ones, and we've grieved together, and that's been tough, and yet we rally around and we support each other. We've had other people who've decided to, to go and worship somewhere else. We've also seen this community grow and do some amazing things that way. We've had the joy of celebrating couples getting married and watching them, you know, meet and fall in love and, you know, do that old googly-eyed thing and just watch them that way. It's a lot of fun to, to watch. They hold hands during church. I don't know if any of you married couples out there have been married or holding. They always do, okay? They're holding hands while they're, while they're sitting there through church. It's hard for me to hold my wife's hand. Um, we've seen families grow as the result of, uh, of having children. And we've also had, you know, grandparents trying to argue over whose grandchild's the cutest. Um, we've seen prayers answered and, and lives changed. We've, we've seen people accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and surrender their life to Him. We've seen people be obedient to Him uh, through baptism by immersion. We have seen lives that will forever be impacted by the saving message of Jesus Christ. We've seen people who have come in hopeless now have hope. We've had people come in depressed that have understood that they're not alone. And people have rallied around. You have rallied around them to encourage them and support them and, and to help them and point them in God's direction so that God could do an amazing work in their life. We've had people become involved in service and, and others have shown new resolve in their area and focused area of ministry. New families continue to, to visit and to join and, and some visit and think we're just kind of weird and go somewhere else and that happens. That's part of being a family. It's part of being a community. And those things are great and, and I think it's healthy for us to look back and to, to think about those things and just be reminded that Last year, 2011, is gone, and for most of us, it's probably a blur because we can't even think about what's in the rearview mirror because there's so much coming at us from the front. And yet, I think it's appropriate that we slow down for just a moment and we pause and we think about 
those things. We think about how that none of that would have happened had it not been for the volunteers, had it not been for the support of people by contributing, by, by giving of their time, by giving of their efforts, by using the gifts and talents that they've been given, that none of that would have happened. But especially, none of those good things would have ever happened had it not been for the grace of God working through us. Because on our own, we're not going to be very successful. It's only with God's help that great things can be accomplished. All those things were are reason to, to celebrate. And, and I think it's right that we do that, that we celebrate those things, that, that we see how people's lives have been changed and impacted. And I think it's appropriate that we praise God for that. And so here's what I'd like for us to do, maybe a little different than normal. I, I would like for you to think about something that you're really thankful for. All right? Got it? Here's where the pressure comes on in just a second. All right? Try to boil it down into one or two words. Then I'm going to ask on the count of three, just say it. You don't have to yell it. If you want to, you can. I don't care. But just say it out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Would you pray thanking God for that right now? Let's pray together. God, there are so many things that we have to be thankful for. Those things were just voiced, just one of many things in each one of our lives for which we want to praise you and thank you and give you the credit and glory and honor for. Father, thank you so much. Thank you that that you have chosen to work through us and in us and and work on us so that we can be your people and and we can go about doing your will. Father God, I, I pray that we would this morning in a spirit of just continual thanksgiving, recognize who you are and what your calling is on our life. Thank you, Father. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, You know, we look back, and it's good to do that, and not only do we praise God for that, but we also praise God for, for what will happen, and we look forward to what is to come. And what is to come? What is it that as a community of believers we hope would be or hope should be or think it should be? What are those things and what do they look like? And I've got to tell you that this is something that I've been wrestling with for quite a while. It was about midway through 2011 that I became very unsettled in my spirit. And I'm going to kind of peel back a layer of me here and hopefully this won't get too uncomfortable for any of us. But um, got very unsettled and just... Not knowing why was the most frustrating thing for me. Not understanding why I didn't understand. Not understanding why I wasn't settled. Not being content with, with what was going Just this, this unsettledness is the only way I can really describe it. And it set me on a time frame of really trying to, to figure it out. Because I'm not one just to let things like that sit. And so, uh, you know, reading the scripture and praying and fasting and going through those things and, and talking to people and listening, really trying to listen because I knew I was missing something, listening to what people were saying, listening to what people were not saying. All the while, really trying to listen for God's voice, for that still, small voice. Now, I think it would have been great had he gone, but that never happened. You know, but... In trying to, to hear God's still, small voice, this Old Testament scriptures talk about God being that gentle whisper that we have to listen for. And time and time again, I just kept, I kept being directed back, 
back to this idea of something that, that I know to be true, something that, that I accept to be true, this idea that, that we are to be about serving and doing uh, and going for other people, that we're to be about others who don't yet have that relationship with Christ. And it's the heartfelt desire that I think all of us have at, uh, on some level to make a difference, to be a, a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Because if it's just something we can accomplish and we do, then it's just something we can accomplish and we do. Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger. And I was directed back to that time and time again, this this idea of go, the go part of our vision. And it reminded me again of something that I believe to be true, that, that this is not the church, that this is the church, that the people... We are the church. And the people is not, uh, uh, or the church is not a building or something you go do or something that you're a part of. It is who you are. It's who I am. It's who we are all supposed to be. I don't want us to, to go to church. I want us to be the church. And there's a big difference there if you really stop and think about it. The church are us. And that's great grammar, I understand. It's it's us, it's, it's we, it's, it's who we are. It's individuals, it's small groups, it's groups, it's large corporate gatherings, it's people. That's what the church is, and that's what the church is to be all about. You see, as I, as I was reading through scriptures, time and time again, I was directed back to this idea that, that Jesus came and he was all these things, and, and any attribute you want to attribute to God would be appropriate, and it would be acceptable, but What he really was, above all else, was he was a servant. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, when describing Jesus, he used these words, "...who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant." Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." And what strikes me as amazing about that is, yes, we believe that. We are so thankful that Jesus did that, that he came to earth and he he gave of his life. But in the words immediately preceding that passage, in the same chapter, Paul writes these words. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each one of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And what was Jesus' attitude? He humbled himself and he served. And he gave. He gave of his life for us. And we're called to be like him in that respect. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Jesus being the vine and how we're the branches. And if we're going to do anything that's going to matter long term, that's going to be anything of significance, we have to remain in him. If we're outside of him, we're going to be green for a while. We may do some stuff like your Christmas tree, if you happen to still have that up and it's real. It may stay green for a while, but it's dying. And it will not produce. It has to be connected to the vine. Last week we talked about how Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. And if we don't want to stumble around in the darkness, then we need to be walking in the light. We need to be walking in Him. 
Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, that you are the salt of the earth. In verse 14, he continues to say, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, I know that when I read passages of Scripture like that, here's what it does to me. It makes me go, okay, I've got to do better. I have to do more. I need to serve more. I, I need to, to be out there more. I need to preach better. I need to, to serve. I need to do all these things. And I start making a list of things that I have to do. Can I tell you something? That's pretty easy to do. I think it's easy to make a to-do list. It's a lot harder to think about who I'm supposed to be. You see, when we look at scriptures, we're called to be in a relationship with him. We're called to be passionate about him, to be in his will, to be his disciple. We're to be in him and have a relationship with him that's growing and active and moving. And it doesn't have to wait until you die to experience God and to have that relationship. You can have it now and it blends from now into eternity. That's what he desires for us. And I think it's, it's far too easy sometimes to have a plan without having Jesus. Now, that's not to say that, that we don't have a plan, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit. I mean, a couple of things that are going to happen uh, over the next three weeks. It's our desire to talk about prayer and how important that is to this whole idea of being in in the relationship with Jesus. We're going to hopefully hear people's testimonies of how prayers worked and how they feel like prayer didn't work and how God was silent and God didn't answer prayers and the heartache and how do you wrestle with that and what do you do with that? And those are not easy subjects to talk about and yet it's a part of who we are. What do you do when God says no? How do you react when God says yes? What do you do when God says wait? I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our Easter series, and I know people are like, Easter, that's forever away. Well, yeah, kind of, but not really. April 8th is Easter, and the, the 40 days of Lent start on February 22nd. We're going we're gonna to have an Ash Wednesday service here that night. We're going to pass out prayer journals that are going to give you the opportunity to have a daily prayer uh, in it that you can read scriptures. It also is going to have small group material if your small group decides to do that, and even if they don't, you can do that on your own. But it's an opportunity for us to do things as a community of believers together, that we're all working through this, that we can do it together and grow and be challenged in that way. We, we want through that, that we all a little bit deeper discover and experience God's love in our life. Um, hopefully by now you've heard about this thing happening on uh, February 14th, other than Valentine's Day, our parents' night out, where we're going to try to have uh, enough volunteers to house a hundred kids from the community and take care of them so their parents can go out and just enjoy the evening out. Um, we, we want to, to encourage you to invite your friends and neighbors to do that. Tell them you'll bring their kids and help us out with that. That'd be great. Um, there are other things that if you stick around for the meeting today, you're going to hear about some new ministries that are starting and, and different things that are going to happen. You're going to hear how new ministry leaders are stepping up and others are going to step aside and, and focus their efforts in other areas. You're going to hear about our, our new leadership team members and, and hear how with their different unique experiences and, and uh, expertise and talents and gifts, it's going to increase the scope of the reach of PCC. Uh, there's some great lessons and activities planned for kids. There, there's stuff that's going to be going on. We're trying to, to connect out into the community to, to make a difference. And yet, with all those things that are planned, all those things that, that we do, 
that we plan to do, here's the thing. It's going to be a tough year. And it's going to be, for no one else, it's going to be a tough year for me personally. And, and here's why. Because I'm a planner. And I'm a list maker. You probably know that about me by now. I like to, to have things mapped out. I like to know that when we get to this date, we're going to check this little box and we're going to delete that. And my list is going to get shorter. But here's the problem with what we're doing. We have plans for 2012. But the truth is, we don't have plans for 2012. We don't know what this year is going to look like. And we're planning to not plan, if that makes sense. We're planning to be open. And, and it's not as, as planned as I would desire it for it to be. It is, it's not what I would exactly put down on a piece of paper. But as I was going through and talking with people and just being convicted of, that's the point. The point is that, that we allow God to, to be a part of what we're doing. And not only a part, but be in charge of what we're doing. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. And that's the lesson that I want to kind of pass on this morning, is that our ways are not his ways, and we want our ways to be his ways. One of my favorite Bible verses in all of Scripture is found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And while I believe that to be true, can I I just be real honest with you? Sometimes it's a lot easier to trust in my own understanding. Sometimes it's a lot easier to trust in what I know I can do. To to do and put on the list what I know we can accomplish. But that's not the point. The point is allowing Him to direct our path. The point is allowing Him to direct our steps. And it's going to be difficult for me, just to be real honest, because I like those lists. And if you're a planner, you may get frustrated at times this year. You may be going, wait a minute, what are we doing? And that's part of the question. That's part of the issue. That's part of the thing that that we need to look at. See, as a a church, as a staff, as leadership team, as ministry leaders, we want to set the pace by offering some large corporate things that we can do together, like the thing on February 14th. But we also want to encourage you to be open to what God is leading and directing and calling you to do so that you can focus on serving other people. We want to be about this year, more than anything, two things. Number one, being in Christ. Not doing in Christ, but being in Christ. Being in a relationship with Him. Being in fellowship with Him. Getting to know Him better. The second thing we want to do is we want to be a group of a community of believers, of individuals, of small groups, of families that are serving others, that are looking for opportunities to serve others. And and as I lay this out and kind of say that, um, if you look at the back of your bulletin, there are no blanks to fill in. There's nothing for you necessarily to write down. And can I tell you, that was really tough for me to do. But I did that on purpose because it's the point. And if you're sitting there and you're a little uneasy today because you're like, but I don't have it written out, you're not telling me exactly what my bullet list is and where you're going and what you're going to accomplish, and you're uncomfortable with that, can I say, good, join me. (laughs) Let's be uncomfortable together and let's discover what God's going to direct us to do. And if you're sitting there going, wow, I feel so freed up now. I don't have to stay in the box. Join us. 
Give us some direction. Help us with what God is calling you to do and, and what God wants you to do. And, and we want to do that with you and, and to encourage you and support you in that. You see, the tough part is that we need to understand that it's not about what we do. It's really not. It's about who we are in Him. And that's tough. It's especially tough for men because, guys, we're not good at not having action. We like to be doing because we feel like if we're doing, we're accomplishing. And sometimes God, is, I think, is calling us just to simply be in Him. And we can do all that stuff, but if we're not in Him, what's it worth? We have to be in Him. And maybe today you need to, to answer the, the question of, where are you in Him? Maybe you need to wrestle with that in your relationship with the Lord. Where are you? Are you walking with Him? Are you daily in communication and in fellowship and and in that with Him? Or are you just kind of going through the motions and you come on Sunday morning and you're getting credit for that and you go and you do church? It's not who you are. Can I challenge you this morning? Not to add something to your list to do, but to think about who you are to think about that relationship with the Lord and to see how it is that that He's guiding you and directing you so that maybe through this process you can discover and experience Him. Not a project, not a group, not you can experience Him. And you can understand how He wants to change your life with His love in very real and practical ways. And it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be instantaneous, but, but God has promised us that He will never leave us and never forsake us. And so maybe today you need to surrender to him for the first time and and you don't know what this whole adventure is like, but you're willing to give it a shot. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe you need to confess your sins this morning. Maybe you need to be obedient to him in baptism. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody. We want to, as a community of believers, encourage, support, hold accountable, and, and love on each other. And this is one of the many ways we have an opportunity to do that. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Ian's going to lead us in this invitation time. And if you need to respond, you make your way over to the cross and we'll meet you there.